0: Welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of chopchat.com. Episode 48, man, getting closer to the big 5-0. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Getting closer and closer to FSU kicking off against Duquesne. Uh, Really excited. Um, Hope you guys are having a great week. If this is your first time giving the podcast a chance, we appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity. Those of you that have been rocking with me for a while, welcome back. Um, Going to be talking a little bit about FSU recruiting, um, some scrimmage talk, and uh, just overall thoughts on the program. Uh, Won't be uh, a terribly long podcast tonight. I actually already recorded this podcast, and my microphone did not record the podcast. So uh, this is the second time that I'm doing it. So, um, man, (laughs) I was bummed whenever that happened. But anyway, let me give a shout out to um, our sponsor, BetOnLine.ag. Uh, make sure you head over there. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today, or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports to bet. Use our promo code Believe 50 that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And I'll say there's a a big fight, UFC 278, coming up this weekend. Going to be a good opportunity to probably make some money. Um, So if you're into MMA fighting, uh, make sure you check that out and head over to Bet Online. And uh, put your bets in, see if you can win some money. But remember to bet responsibly. But, yeah, man, I'm going to talk about a little bit of recruiting. FSU picked up two um, commits since I last recorded. Uh, picked up defensive tackle uh, Tavion Gadson from Savannah, Georgia, three-star guy that um, should be able to help FSU, uh, probably in Odell special, so to speak, uh, give him a year or two to develop, and, um, you know, 6'4", 280 right now. So um, good size, uh, good some good athleticism, some good traits, so – um another solid piece on in the trenches for the nose. And then we have, of course, the commitment from three star composite defensive back, uh, Kenton Kirkland. Uh cool commitment video, by the way. Uh committed last night and um another another defensive back uh in the fold. Uh cool to see FSU beat Kentucky for defensive back. I know FSU was leading for Kirkland and then it seemed like Kentucky kind of took the lead and uh, we thought it would be the second time that Kentucky had beat FSU for defensive back, but FSU um, valued him and, um, you know, got him to come into the fold. And so FSU now, uh, well, that, that commitment last night brought FSU to number 20 overall nationally. Um, I think they've dropped one spot because some other team added a commitment or whatever. So they're number 21 right now with the uh, opportunity to add you know, a few, a few blue ship recruits here, you know, between now and the early signing period really is going to depend on how well FSU does in the season. If those guys get off to a three and zero or two on one start, I think they'll have a, a shot to, to land some, some higher ranked players, um, guys like, um, you know, Hakeem Williams. Uh, you still got Blake Nicholson out there, the uh, linebacker from California. And hopefully that, that, recruitment wraps up pretty quickly because FSU had a lot of momentum for him and Wisconsin offered. And look, I don't think a guy from California is going to choose to go to Wisconsin. I don't think he's going to do that. Um, I saw where Oregon has one linebacker commitment. That's the biggest competition for Nicholson's commitment. Um, they have one linebacker commitment, a three-star. And then I saw that Oregon recently, about two or three days ago, uh, got, uh, uh crystal ball prediction for another three star linebacker. So that could be foreshadowing that Nicholson could be you know, swinging to the good guys. Hopefully that's the case. Um, but I do think it is still between Oregon and FSU with um yeah, FSU getting that long uh, uh four, three, four day unofficial visit here at the end of July. And uh FSU's a big uh they have a big need for that for that spot there with Nicholson a linebacker and hopefully um you know, he can he can join the good guys here um sooner than later. The longer that commit uh that recruitment goes, I just feel a little bit uneasy about that. Um, but then you have other players out there, um, like Jordan Hall. I wrote an article on Chop Chat, I posted it um Tuesday morning, just some guys, you know, that we could potentially land if the, if things go well. Um, but Jordan Hall would be, you know, if if they added him along with um Keith Sampson and then also uh, Gadsden. That would be the best defensive tackle hall since the 2017 class. They had Marvin Wilson. um, uh, What's my guy? Corey uh, Corey Durden and then his cousin, uh, the guy that got medically uh, uh, disqualified. Um, But that would be solid. And then, you know, also you have. Uh, FSU already has two wide receiver commitments to probably are underrated a little bit. And um, if they could add add Hakeem Hakeem Williams out there, man, he would be the highest rated uh, wide receiver that FSU had since DJ Matthews in 2017. And then, you know, FSU already has, you know, two really, really good guys on the offensive line and Roger Kearney and Lucas Simmons. If they could add someone like DJ Chester. Who's a four star? Probably play guard for FSU. Um, man, if they could add him, they probably have one more spot at defensive back. And this recruitment is kind of kind of weird. There's a four star defensive back up there called Sean Rush Jr. And he 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 put out a top three not too long ago with FSU, Michigan, and Louisville. And to what I can find, FSU is the only place he's really visited, and that was back in April. He hadn't been back since, that I know of. And uh, there's an article on rivals where he was supposed to officially visit South Carolina and Michigan. This is back in May, and I, I don't think either one of those visits happened. So I don't I don't know you know what the deal is with that recruitment. Um, but he's a, a low four star, uh, but he fits the mold of the other three commitments they, that they have, you know, good length, you know, good size and, um, and speed. And so, you know, they don't have any elite guys committed, but all the guys they have are guys that you could see, uh, you know, developing and, you know, in the first year and then becoming contributors in probably year two and year three. So, um, I, I like all those tapes takes really, um, guys that are really interchangeable can play both safety and corner, Um, But I think I think when Jones is probably going to be a safety and I think Kirkland is probably going to be a safety with Rawls, Jabril Rawls, probably cornerback, but could play safety. And then whoever else they bring into the class. So we'll see how they finish out with the defensive back room. Um, But then there's some other guys out there. Um, There's one guy I want to keep an eye on. His recruitment is baffling to me. Um, Adam Hopkins. Uh, Four-star from Georgia who's been to FSU a gazillion times and um, officially visited Texas A&M a while back. Hasn't committed there. Uh, he does not have a ton of offers, and he was really, he was like number 126 overall. Uh, his ranking has dropped here over the last you know month or so. Um, pretty good bit, but he's still a top 200 kid, I think. But he's listed at like six feet, 170, 180 pounds. Um he's listed as a wide receiver, but he also plays defensive back. And uh, one of my followers was saying that he thinks he's a better defensive back than he is wide receiver. So um that's a guy that could end up in FSU's class. That's one to keep an eye on. Um I'm you know, I'm not sure where you know what they view him as if they're recruiting him as a wide receiver or a defensive back it could be that they're going for Williams and maybe Jalen Brown and if those fall through they could fall back to Tom uh, to Hopkins so but that's a you know that's a, a blue chip guy that that they're looking at and then you have their the running back uh commit uh Utah commit uh I think his name is Michael Mitchell uh who grew up from an FSU fan has some work to do in the classroom and um Sounds like you know if he if he gets his act together there, um, FSU could potentially pursue him and uh, probably would be able to flip him. You know, like I said, he grew up a big FSU fan, and um, yeah. So there's some there's some some other quality guys out there that could add to the class. Um, I still expect FSU to to not take a full 25 class of high schoolers. I still think they'll probably need to go into the transfer portal a little bit. Um, you know, at some positions. So, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. So, um, I mean, they're right now they're at, uh, you know, 14 commitments and there's just not a ton of just quality guys out there. So I would rather them go to the portal than to take some projects um at, you know, other positions. And they, they have really gotten away from taking projects uh, since they've been able to evaluate um, guys, you know, in person. And when I say projects, I'm talking about guys like, you know, it's going to take like Marquise and Douglas, you know, he was in, you know, they had to kind of take him in that 2020 class. And he is just now starting to kind of emerge a little bit here uh, at fall camp as a tight end. Um, you know, so guys, that it does not take two and three years, you know, other than offensive line, obviously, and defensive line that it takes forever for those guys to uh, develop. But um, sounds like this, the last scrimmage went fairly well. Jordan Travis. Completed um, over seventy percent of his passes. Only got in a few series, and and then the coaching staff let Tate Rotomaker and AJ Duffy take the rest of those reps, which I am cool with. Wrap Jordan Travis on bubble wrap for all I care for the rest of fall camp. Um, I think you kind of know what, what you got with him. Um, he he seems really confident in in what they in what they have him doing in the offense. Um, he has you know a, a very good running back committee behind him. Uh, the offensive line should be better should have better depth on uh, the wide receivers obviously are better. And I've been saying that since pretty much day one, um, I was the first guy to say it, Hey, these guys are going to be better. You know, just disregard the, the lack of production. There's reasons why those guys didn't have a ton of production at their previous stops, but you know, Michael Pittman and, and johnny wilson were both highly rated guys they didn't all of a sudden just lose their talent or anything it's not like space jam and the monster stole their powers or anything they just needed to learn the offense in the spring i mean it's not like they can just come in and automatically learn the offense and just hit the ground running it's a new offense it takes time to acclimate it takes time to learn chemistry learn you know how guys like to do things so Everybody that was poo-pooing those guys early in in spring camp, now they're coming around to them, oh, they may be better. Well, I told you. Um, You know, just take some some time for for guys to kind of learn those things. But um, the only thing that really kind of is is regressing, so to speak, would be tight end. Um, But it's not like the tight end position was big in the offense last year. I know usually Norville wants it to be a big part of the offense, but – um, you know it is what it is, but it sounds like we could could have some guys developing um by this time next year and uh and and Brian Courtney and um who I said when they took that commitment, I was like when I, when you look at the when you look at the the measurables and you look at the testing scores on that kid a he's far and away better than anybody that they have at tight end, you know he's just gonna have to learn the position and uh, be developed. But if he's able to learn the position, watch out. So um, yeah, offensively feel really good about, you know, where things are, as long as um, they don't suffer any other injuries. Defensively, I feel really good about the defense. Uh, You got the leadership and depth at all three levels. And one thing I took away from the scrimmage, uh, Adam Fuller talked about um, how the last two years, basically, you know, he's been learning the guys, their strengths and weaknesses, trying to put guys in the right spots, the right positions. And um, while those guys are still learning the, the defense, you know, really. So those guys are still out there, you know, over the last couple of years running base defense. defense. Um, but he talked about, you know, having the ability now to, you know, kind of be offensive on defense. And so what I mean by that is, whenever the quarterback goes up to the line of scrimmage pre-snap and looks at the defense, you know, he sees one thing, but then after the post-snap, it's not what he thought he saw, you know, so it's the ability to force the offense to kind of react to what you do as a defense. And so, um, I think we'll, we'll probably get to see a little bit more of that this year than we have in years past, which should be a welcome sight. Um, so yeah, so, one thing I do want to touch on, too, is um, Mike Novell talked about, you know, somebody asked him, you know, what, you know, described his team. And he said, you know, one family. He like, this team fights for one another. They love one another. They like being with one another. And the other term he used was uh, this team was tough. And when you think about it, this really, this identity really started to form last year. And you think about it. You got a team that started 0-4. And, I mean, most most teams would have quit. Most teams would have quit, and you saw them continue to fight and finish the season, you know, the last eight games they went five and three. And in those three losses, they had had opportunities to win all three of those games. They didn't get blown out at all. You saw them respond to adversity. Notre Dame punched them in the mouth. Boom. FSU comes back, ties the game, goes overtime, lose it. Um, Louisville punches them in the mouth, first half, you know, they come back, make it a game. You saw, um, you, know, you saw them go into a, a straight-up dogfight with Clemson on the road and um, you know, sh- arguably sh- you know, could have won that game. Miami, they punch Miami in the face, and then Miami punches them back, takes the lead uh, in the fourth quarter. FSU finds a way to win that game. Um, FSU plays NC State with half the team with the flu, and NC State goes life and death with half the team missing you know and then if against florida uh fsu um you know to go down 217 come back make it make it a game so the toughness really started forming last year and um one thing one thing that i think about uh, you know i mentioned fights earlier in mma and And boxing and those of you that are first time listeners, you know, I've I've said before I used to before I started covering FSU, I used to write. I used to cover MMA and mixed martial arts and so real big into into fighting. And so I can't tell you how many times I've watched fighters lose fights because they were either out of shape, um, either had poor fight IQ, meaning. You have an advantage, maybe you may be the better wrestler, but you choose to stand with a striker instead of taking them down to where you have the advantage. And then the other one usually is you have a fighter that is able to apply constant pressure um, against this opponent, and eventually that opponent will break and fold. And so what I like to equate this to is you. I would equate fight IQ to the ability to for the coaches to game plan um to their strengths, and so one thing that kind of followed that you know people from Memphis would say about Mike Novell was well, you know he was never really out coached in a game, and um he was always prepared, and his teams were always prepared and ready to ready to go to war so if you say, okay, well, and we saw that last year, i mean other other than when they got cute in the first few games of the year, I and mean, once they went away from that dumb dumb stuff. Um, you know, then you saw them establish an identity and they were in every game. So if we say, okay, well, fight IQ, we're going to, we're going to be, we're going to have a game plan for each game. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, play smart. Right. And then you look at it and say, well, from a physical standpoint, FSU has more talent than most of the teams on the schedule. And so, you know, they're going to be in shape, so, so to speak. They're going to be able to wear down other teams, especially as a run-first team. And so, you know, and then you couple that with putting pressure on opposing teams, you know, imposing their will on on other teams. So whenever you roll around in the third and fourth quarter, and it may be a close game in the third quarter, but you just keep, keep banging on them, keep banging on them, banging on them. And before you know it, it's like, man, I don't – I don't want to be here anymore. I, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's when you see the difference, you know, you see a, a fighter fold or you see a team fold in the fourth quarter. I think, I think that's what we're going to see uh, from this team this year. Um, you know, just keep, just keep putting pressure on teams and, 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 and hopefully, you know, um, you know, make them fold up shop now. Whenever you're in a fight game, there will be opponents that are bigger than you, that are more skilled than you, and you can beat those guys sometimes if you you know just you know if you take the damn Rocky approach and <laughs> just take everything they have and just keep putting pressure on them, and then you know eventually you know, they could break. But usually, usually that's not the case. Um, you know, you you kind of have to capitalize on a mistake. Um, you know, sometimes a guy may get cocky drop his hand, you catch him. Um, So the good thing is there's not a lot of teams on the schedule that just surely outclass FSU talent-wise. I mean, there's teams that are more talented for sure. Um, I mean, Clemson comes to mind. um, LSU comes to mind. But at the same time, you got to look at it and say, well, FSU played teams that were way more talented than they were last year. I mean, Notre Dame was. um, Clemson was. Um, who else? Um, Florida was more talented. Um, Miami's probably neck and neck with you, maybe maybe slightly more talented at certain positions. But, you know, FSU found a way to either win those games or was, had an opportunity to win those games. But where where the difference comes into play is, you know, you can't make you can't make those mistakes. So whenever you have a smaller, you know, Talent margin, then you 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 have a smaller margin for error. You know, for instance, against Notre Dame, a team that's that's more talented than you, you can't throw three interceptions that result in twenty one points for Notre Dame. That's the difference in the game. You know, you um you can't turn the ball over six times against a Wake Forest uh, offense that's elite on the road, right? You can't you know, you can't muff punts on the road, um, against Florida. You know, you can't muff points, punts. Um, who was it? I think it was Louisville, whoever. I mean, it happened so many times. Uh, you can't let the ball hit the ground and lose, you know, 30 yards, but because it's rolling, you know, the difference in this year is going to come down to the execution of things. You know, there's, you know, th- those guys know the offense. Those guys know the defense, you know, it's going to come down to guys executing the play, you know, everybody winning their one on one battles and, in the, in the, you know, in the each individual play. And no, there are going to be times when they lose those battles. Um, but the key to it is they're going to have to to be consistent, more consistent on every given play. And so if they if they average, you know, 70 to 80 plays um, in a game you know, say offensively, you know, if they can, if they can, you know, execute, you know, 50 to 55 of those times, right. They're probably going to win the game. You know, that's what it's going to come down to is doing the little things, doing the little things consistently well. And, um, you know that's going to be the, that's going to be the the season really um fsu has more talent than most of most of the teams they'll face um like i said you have clemson you have um lsu um florida probably is still more talented um nc state is not more talented but they have a lot of experience coming back a lot of continuity returning in their games on the road but um you know i wrote uh the three most overrated teams on on the schedule um this past weekend NC State's on there. You know, Miami's on there. Um, and I put Florida on there, but more so is that you know they're in they're in transition. Nobody thinks Florida's gonna win, you know, eleven or twelve games this year. Um but as far as Miami goes, there's no reason they should be ranked where they are. Um and I still don't I mean I know NC State won nine games last year, but they didn't really beat anybody. And nor did Miami. Um, so I think those two teams of fools go. Now, the thing with Miami is they play, you know, I think three out of the first four games, they play, you know, the, some cup cupcakes. I don't, I don't want to say what I really want to say to be disrespectful to those, to those schools, but, you know, I mean, I wish FSU scheduled smarter the way Miami schedules. I mean, if that was the case, as bad as we've been over the last three or four years. We, we probably would have at least be 500 if we scheduled the way Miami schedules games. Um, You know, so, but yeah, but I think Mike Novell knows that this team is tough. This team's mentally tough, physically tough. I think he knows he has better depth. Um, And I think that's why you see him, he's been confident. He's had a confident aura about him, Um, you know, the entire offseason, it seems like. And and every, I mean, and the guy's usually pretty candid. I mean, every practice except for like maybe two or three. He's like, I like where we are. I like, what, you know, what we've been doing. Um, and then all the all of the other practice reports, for the most part, kind of back up what he's saying. You know, I mean, aside from like one or two practices where either, either the energy wasn't there or guys just, you know, dropping passes everywhere, left and right or whatever. For the most part, you know, those guys have been, you know, going to work every day with a good attitude, getting better, improving, you know, as they say, get 1% better. And, um, man, I think that's big. Um, I think they know, they know they have an opportunity to win some games. Mike knows it. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun watching this team this year. I believe, um, probably we'll have some close games, but at the same time, you know, if they, if they play well and, um, don't beat themselves, you know, a whole bunch of penalties, a whole bunch of turnovers, um, I think this team could surprise some people. Um, you gotta think about it. Jordan Travis, whenever he was a starter last year, the team the offense averaged like 31 points per game with Jordan Travis as a starter. Now, and that's with a, a, a worse O-line, no wide receivers, and Jordan not being um as you know, as developed as a passer as he is now. So if you look at it and you say, Okay, well he still has his legs he can use, he's a better passer. Should have a better O-line and definitely has uh, better wide receiver options. The offense should should take a pretty nice step forward this year for the most part. I mean, because you think about it, uh, Duquesne, you know, they should score 50 points. LSU, I think oddsmakers have that game probably something like 27, 24 ish. Um so you know they don't expect a ton of points to be scored. But Wake Forest defense last year was trash. Boston College defense last year trash. Even though I don't know I don't know why people think Boston College defense was good last year. It was not good. I mean, you saw FSU run through them in the first first half. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't they could not stop the run whatsoever. They have a good secondary, but why throw it when you can just run it down their throat? Um, Miami's defense was not good. FSU's defense actually finished ahead of Miami's, excuse me. Um, NC state does return a lot on defense. Defense was good last year. Um, Louisville's defense was, it was okay. You know, that game was more FSU starting a guy that couldn't, couldn't play quarterback last year. And, um, who else? Syracuse Syracuse defense was okay, but their offense was, not very good. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are favorable for FSU. I like where we are. I think they should they should win eight games. They should win eight games. I've been saying it. I've been saying it. Unless something crazy just happens, man, they should win eight games. Um, just got to do little the little things right. But probably um next next in the next week, I'm going to do a game by game kind of prediction. I'll, I'll probably write an article on the uh, on chop chat, but I'll probably just kind of go into more detail about it too. Um, otherwise that article probably w- w- would be like 2000 words, but we'll, we'll do a game by game um, breakdown uh, of the schedule um, probably in the next either, if not the next episode, or the one after that before the season starts. So make sure you stay tuned to that. Um, I do want to um, shout out you guys that have been sharing the um, podcast on social media. We have, grown quite a bit gained a lot of new listeners here so i I don't know maybe i'm doing a decent job but it could be that we're just getting closer to the season and people are starting to tune in a little more to 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 hear about fsu but we did receive um two more five-star reviews on uh, the apple platform so appreciate you guys who did that if you haven't had a chance to um, rate the podcast Um, Please do so. Really helpful uh, to help us reach more people. Um, I mean, we have hundreds of listeners and 34 five-star reviews. So if you could, man, help a brother out. Um, You know, we don't ask for much. It's a free product. Um, But do that. And um, yeah, we'll just count down to uh, Duquesne. And until next time, go Nose.